BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture. I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. Okay, I uh, legit just posted on Instagram that I'm going to record with my favorite Southern charmer. And right before I started, someone was like, Craig. So I guess it's known that you're my favorite. Craig Conover is here on the pod today. I'm pumped. This is awesome. I, uh, but it's funny because, you know, depending who you talk to, I would say that I haven't always been everyone's favorite. It has been quite a roller coaster of a ride, but some people have liked me since the beginning. Well, I'm saying me. I'm talking just. Oh yeah, me. I know. I'm no, I know, but not you're. You're rare. Like, you're, well, not rare. Just. Well, I'm rare. I'm rare. Yes, you're okay. You can you're rare, but I love you know my loyal OGs that have seen seen the truth through my eyes, and I don't know. I always laugh because everything, pretty much everything, at least that I can remember that I've ever said on the show has come true. Any theory that I've had. So yeah, I was, I loved you since day one. And I even think, I I don't think I ever even talked shit about you, honestly. I don't remember you doing, it's funny because you actually remember that stuff too. <laughs> like many, you, would re- you would remember. Yeah, as many eyes that you have on you throughout the time, um, you know, words, words still, uh, you, you know, they, I don't want to say hurt, but you know, they do, especially oh in the beginning. People need to realize, like, you can get compliments all day. You can hear Craig, you're the hottest thing alive 3,000 times. You'll hear one, like, thing that's bad, and that's what's going to stay with you when you go to sleep at night. It's especially true when you bring people onto the show. You know, if you bring your significant other on, it, it takes some sort of dark history to kind of deal with it. Like, I was bullied a lot growing up, so I am used to it and had to self-validate, but when someone's not a part of this world and you bring them on and someone says something mean, you know, I've, I've seen it. I don't want to say to the girls cause I've seen the guys do it too, but even people that are castmates, you know, on the show, they, whether it's change their teeth or change something about them. Cause again, I, I'm not trying to discredit them. It's just, it comes from a place of seeing it too much God, on the internet, you know? Craig is like alluding to so many things right now that my brain is like, wait, okay, we're talking about his girlfriend and now we're talking about like... <laughs> well, no, and I wasn't even talking about uh, my ex, but it's just something that happens. Even, I mean, Natalie's awesome. She's great, you know, but people, you see stuff on the internet and no matter, yes, like you said, no matter how many good things you see, sometimes when you see something negative, it's tough to... uh you know, it takes a little while to be able to block that out at first. Well, let's talk about you for a second, because I do feel like you you get a lot of love. Like people, it's always Craigie, you know, it's Craigie. Like we love Craigie. We love Craigie. And I've loved you since day one because you did speak the truth and you were always like the voice of reason in this like weird ass group that you were in. Like you and just hanging out with Thomas Ravenel, just like, 
sometimes with reality TV, you're you're put in situations where you're friends with and hanging out with people that maybe you wouldn't like you didn't grow up with Thomas Ravenel. Right. I met Thomas through Whitney. Uh, Whitney brought a lot of us together. And, you know, it. I I always got along really well with Thomas, especially in the beginning year. So I don't see him anymore or talk to him. But, you know, it was funny because those dinners that he would do and those roasts that he would go on, he'd go around the whole table and then he'd say something nice about me. And Shep would be like, that's all you have to say about Craig. And I always got off scot-free, which always made me laugh. I mean, the only thing the first se- the first seasons was that you were the only thing against you was really that you were slacking on your bar. Right. On your bar exam. Which I couldn't. Because I, I, well, I wasn't allowed to take it because I had never graduated. Right. And I remember Shep was so fucking angry. And I remember being like, what the fuck? Like he was so up in your business and like angry about your life that it was, it didn't make sense. That all really started after the date auction season two when it was Kelsey Ballerini. And uh, I just feel like after that date auction, he, man, did his tone change around me. And we've had our ups and downs and we're great now. But for a while there, yes, he was not, um, you know, he always claimed he did it out of love and always claimed he was my biggest support Mm. of. And even on the reunion this year, Andy was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like he named his dog Craig too. Yeah, and his best-selling shirt has my name on it too. So he there's there's definitely a lot of Craigs that exist in his. But you his took life. that really like in a cool way, right? You, like if someone named their dog Amanda, I'd probably be a little bit offended. I I mean, yeah. What can you do? You know, I just laughed at it. You you really, even though I wouldn't be worried about, you know, giving one of my friends power over me. You just that's how you give. You know, if I would have reacted poorly or negatively that gives him the power you know that's he wanted to mess with me about it and then you just laugh it off and you just take the wind right out of their sails you know so i think it's weird and bizarre and trust me everyone gets sick of him yelling at four leg craig because he just screams across the room for like craig and everyone's like dude just shut up but yeah you know you have to you have to pick and choose your battles And we've definitely had ours. But that one, Shep's just a different human. And, you know, I was, I was flattered. I get not flattered. I mean, I definitely thought it was weird, but. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so I have to ask you a question. I was listening to your podcast. Craig has a new podcast with Austin called uh, Pillows and Beer. That's right. Very literal because you do pillows and Craig, I mean, you do pillows and Austin does beer. And it's it's going really well. I want to also tell people how serious you are. You came on today. He has equipment. He's super timely. He's not first, second season Craig, you guys. He's But it's always the nail polish. And I love that. Remind us what that is again, that one nail. So it's for my, I paint my one nail, my ring fingernail, um, this turquoise, like aqua blue. And it's for the Polished Man campaign. So it represents one out of every five children that's abused. But it goes unreported because they don't know the difference between a, a safe human and the bad human that's abusing them. So it's the raise awareness. Basically, they had a lot of footage and research of these kidnapped kids and abused kids being out in public with their offender, grocery stores or not. And you know, as they got older, they were like, why did you never ask for help? And they'd be like, well, how did I know that that person wasn't bad too? Mm. And so that's kind of how it started. Also an excuse to paint my nails. How do you always have it? How do you, you're so, you're like better at, at it than me. Like, I feel like you never. I love the, I love the nail salon. It's one of my relaxing places. So I go and get my nails done, you know, once every other week if I can. And Anna Hayward likes it because since I'm trapped in a chair for an hour, she just sits next to me and goes through all of the emails, all of the assignments. And so that's, that kind of becomes our office for the day. So, oh, so it's a professional one nail thing. <laughs> I thought it was just you painting yeah. it at home. Oh no, no, no! I've tried. I, sh- I mean, I like shake a little bit too much to paint my own nails. I can't really figure it out. I mean, not <laughs> well, a bad Natalie way. Could I just, do it for you. But it's kind of the nail salon. Oh, you're getting your, weird... you're getting a whole mani on the on the way. You're getting like the cuticle. You're getting the whole shindig yeah like it was part of my routine for hsn the other night like i actually went and got a manicure before i was on hsn because it's kind of soothing to me it's kind of therapeutic and i don't know i like being pampered 
I, like I like getting my hair cut. I like getting, you know, I'll you get like my, being groomed. Yes. Weirdly, like that's one of my yeah pleasures in life. I like being groomed. That's another thing that I always loved about you. Things that Naomi, your first girlfriend, less liked about you. I tell you guys about products that are cool and that you probably saw around and thought about and said, hey, like, I just need another little push to get this. But I secretly really want it because everyone that's cool has it. (laughs) No, but I'm serious because that's how I felt about Ritual. I took their prenatal. Now I'm taking their postnatal. I love them not only because they're trendy, not only because I can see what's inside the capsule because they're see-through, not only because they come with a little mint tab inside so they stay fresh, not only because they don't cause like a fishy burp, not only because they have one for, like I said, prenatal, postnatal, multivitamin, and also for men and teens and So not only because all of that and not only because they are delivered to your door every month with free shipping and you can always start, snooze or cancel your subscription. If you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund you. But because Ritual is awesome because of all those reasons, um, you're not going to find sugars, GMOs, allergens, synthetic fillers, artificial colorants. The fresh taste and delayed release capsule design makes taking your vitamins easy, you guys. You need to check out Ritual. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. So that's not only a discount for your first month, for your second month, but for three whole months. Uh, you go to ritual.com slash not skinny. Again, that's 10% off your first three months by going to ritual.com slash not skinny to start your ritual today. You need it in your life. Check it out. That's another thing that I always loved about you. Things that Naomi, your first girlfriend, less liked about you. You had the gardening and then the sewing, which like the sewing is like, boom, in your face now. But I, I remember like, even if you, I mean, you know, like you would know if I said anything bad, I was always like, "Mm," it was just so endearing that you took on of course, listen, if you were my boyfriend and you were slacking and you weren't working and you were home all day, could I get upset? Like, did I understand Naomi at times? Yes. Do right. you a little right. bit in retrospect, like understand where she was coming from? I do. What happened was that for the first year of our relationship, we were on the same schedule. So she was working a real estate career that she could stay up with me all night, watch movies or whatever, sleep late into the day and it didn't matter. But when she started to go back to grad school, she had to start waking up at 8 a.m. She went on to a regular schedule. I stayed on the same schedule. And yes, I can see how that would be very frustrating. So I understand it. And to her credit, you know, it wasn't necessarily so much about the activities. It was just every look, there's a lot of pressure when you're filming. And there were a lot of people in her ears that it's taken me a few years later to realize that. But a lot of the stuff that she was saying, I would put my money on, did not come from her brain. But what that did was, you know, I mean, she was convinced of it. It, It's just, it's tough because I wanted, I think the one day that it was really bad, that I can't blame production or I can't blame anyone else, that it was all her, was the day I got the sewing machine. Her reaction to that kind of broke my heart because I think one of the most attractive things you can do is be comfortable enough to do these things that aren't in the norm. And I think most people or a lot of people would think it was really attractive that I didn't care about the stereotypes or what people would think, but I wanted to sew. And so I was going to sew. And so, you know, I, she was a little in the box for that. You know, she, she couldn't see the bigger picture. And so, yeah, it was tough, but you know, fortunately because of all of those struggles, and those dark moments surrounding it, it makes kind of the the come up and the success so much more fun. Oh my God. I mean, you're saying that really nicely, but I feel like the undertone to that is like, booyah, because it's literally that. It's like the sewing, which was an issue. And we all remember those scenes, at least I do, when you were at home sewing and she would walk in from school, like annoyed, being like, uh, and you were like, 
And then knowing that that led to your actual company today, your pillow brand and your success today is, is, is a huge in your face. It's, it's fun. I, you know, it, it's funny because people ask, well, who are your biggest supporters, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, or who believed in you? And I was like, I did. I was the only one that could see what it could turn into. Obviously my parents are great, but everyone else just thought I was nuts. And I was like, guys, stepping out of the box and doing something that other people aren't and being kind of a disruptor, that's what's great. And I really, there was a positive message to go with it. I will say on, you know, to Naomi's, I guess to the Naomi point of all of this, she has thanked me on two occasions very sincerely and said that I taught her how to love and she's where she's at in life because of me. The show was an awesome opportunity that, you know, she has her company and it was a very genuine, sincere conversation that we've gotten to have. And so she has been super supportive, you know, at, at the end of the day, she's, she's been great about it, but yeah, I always, you know, Leva talks about it a lot. Leva is like, if I was more, if she was more into Naomi's life at that point, she was like, I, Leva saw it because Leva, even though she hasn't been on the show until now, she was always around us Mm. and she was involved in our lives. So she saw it and she was like, Craig's onto something. It's, it's not cookie cutter success like everyone else, but whoever stays with him is, is going to have a pretty fun life at the end of the day. Do you think at the end of the day that Naomi, I know this is going back for you, but like you have to understand for me, I've wanted to talk to you since I've started watching Southern. Right. So I'm going back, live it with me. So do you think at the end of the day, the bottom line and the trigger for Naomi was kind of like a financial thing? Like she was worried that you weren't going to cut it? Like you weren't going to bring home the dough? Well, no, because we were doing so well with the show. And that's what frustrated me so much. I, oh, and you couldn't break the fourth wall and be like, we're making right. money from the show. And so whenever anyone would call me lazy or stuff like that, I'm like, <laughs> I am doing... I don't know what I'm allowed to say, but I'm like, financially, I'm in easily the top 3% of people my age at that time. You know, I was just like, this isn't about money. And so that's, so it wasn't Mm -hmm. about the money. It was about, I think she just had in her head that you were supposed to live like everyone else. Mm -hmm. And it, she couldn't see out of that box of fun, which was interesting because her dad was an entrepreneur and he lived outside of the box too. But I don't, I think it was more of a status thing. I think mm. whether she sees it or not, every, she couldn't handle everyone else what they thought. So you had Shep constantly saying that I was a loser, that I should be a lawyer. You had Cam constantly say I was being a loser and that I should be a lawyer. And she respected and looked up to these people. And that's who formed her opinions for her, were the people on the show. And let's just put another side note in there that what did what else did you do this week, Craig? Open a oh a law firm. <laughs> yeah, so I just opened a law firm, and that's that's what Level always says. She's like, I knew it was just gonna take like two or three years to to let Craig kind of get his footing. Because how old were you when you started the show? It was twenty four. Twenty four. Okay, so everyone was giving you shit. But you were 24 years old. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you were 33, which you just turned 32, right? Just turned 33. I saw my parents got confused too because Google has it as 89. So I know where you, I just saw it yesterday. So I, I was like, I knew it from my brain. Because my, my girlfriend, your- Natalie, threw me a surprise party this year or like, you know, a surprise get together or whatever, which I guess were, yes, whatever. She gave me some birthday surprises and she said that she had to call oh my, my God, parents. what? What'd she give you? What'd she give you, Craig? She gave me, so she gave me a, so a really nice personalized necklace and some other stuff. She set up some Zoom stuff and it was just cool. She brought together some friends and family in a way that was special. She put together this video of where she had my best friends from college who still have videos on their computers and phones. She made a highlight reel of our college, which was one of the most entertaining things I've ever watched. It was insane. It was like baby Craig in college and all my friends. And that's so nice. Yeah. And then she had, she had confessional, you know, then she had messages from my family around the country that sent in messages and my friends. And so it was kind of a roast, kind of a, it was a roast to mix with, you know, loving messages from my family. So it was really sweet, but she had said that the internet said I was 32 and she was like, I swear you said 88. So 
I am 33. Okay, you guys, sorry to interrupt. I've told you guys about Stitch Fix before. Um, if you saw me on Instagram with my free people, juggers is like the Brits would say that I love. So that is something that I got with Stitch Fix. It's a super cool idea. Basically, online shopping can be daunting. You don't know where to start. You don't know what to do. Sometimes you're like, wait, what's trendy? What did Gen Z say? Like need to know. So Stitch Fix takes out the thought for you. And basically you answer like questions based on kind of your personal style. And then you're going to get a fix to your door of some cool items. And you're only going to pay for what you decide to keep. And you'll just ship back with a free return and with a label already in the box it came with to ship back whatever you don't want. And then again, you're just going to pay for what you do want. Isn't that cool? No subscription required. You try Stitch Fix once or you can set up automatic deliveries and you'll just pay a $20 styling fee for each box, which gets credited towards the pieces you keep. So Try on pieces at home before you buy. Keep what you love. Return what you don't. Like I said, Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns and exchanges, and the prepaid return envelope is included. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash not skinny and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash not skinny for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com slash not skinny. Everyone was giving you shit like, oh my God, he's such a slacker. He's such a this. But you were a 24, 25 year old coming up on this show, making money off the show and enjoying it and putting off like responsibilities a little bit. So I was giving you grace. Yeah, and- no. And I, and I appreciate it. I remember you could see it and yeah, it was, it was a little absurd. I, you know, everyone liked to just dismiss the whole law school thing. And that's why when people call me stupid and everything, I'm like, again, I don't really care. I'm, I, I know how to deal with it, but I'm just like, you know, passing the bar on the first try wasn't, wasn't the easiest thing for most people, you know, yeah. and know it. No, that's insane. But we don't, it's like, you don't have Shep's vocab, right? That's like, cause like Shep, I put up something of Shep's like t-shirt because I thought it was funny. One of his shirts said something. Oh, uh, like, yeah. Tan, tan is fat, fat is tan is equals muscle. Yeah. <laughs> muscle. Yeah. So I didn't know it was his merch. I just thought it was a funny shirt and I put it up and then he uh, reposted it and he was like, that's my merch. And I was like, oh, you have merch. <laughs> and then he said some word that I had to Google in just that response to me. He was like, oh, it's a plotus that you wouldn't. I don't know what he said. I don't even know how to. Um, but but it could be like a vocabulary thing. Do all those people. Well, Shep has a high vocabulary, but I guess the rest of the cast. Yeah, I mean, Shep, I mean, he went to Vanderbilt for business school. He lived in Dubai for a while. He, you know, he worked for one of the famous golfers, old golfers, real estate companies for a while. So he's yeah, he's very well educated. It's we're we're great yin and yang, which is which is good because we really are opposites on pretty much everything. And, um, you know, we know how to push each other's buttons, uh, but there's a true brotherly love at the end of the day. It used to be a brother or a cousin that you would only see on Christmas and hang out with. Stuck with him. I would definitely say we're brothers now. And Taylor's really helped. Just to finish up on the Naomi thing, because I told you I'm still living in that era. No, I know. I'm sure you had years of questions. Oh my God. Yeah. So- yeah. Yeah. What are you cool with it? No, I was just saying I had years of answers. You know, I had, the the one thing is is that, and it happened with Austin too. And it'll take a couple of seasons for people to see it. But when you truly love someone, you protect them, and so you're not going to go after them or throw them under the bus on the show. And so that's where you see this arc of, you know, people for season really didn't like me because they had, you know, kind of an incomplete view of mm. me. Mm. And then you get out of these relationships and you start to really thrive and just be yourself and people get to see more and more of you. And it seems, I, th- I think Austin will have a similar arc, but yeah, sorry. So what are we going to say about Naomi? You are such a good friend to Austin. We're going to get to Austin because um, yeah, you're such a good friend in general. So just the Naomi thing, things that stuck with me from the first seasons are 
when she got her nose job and you like cried when you saw her new nose broke my heart. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I because I truly, you know, loved her for who she was. And I right. and I hated that she, in my opinion, couldn't see what I saw. I'm ha- I mean, I'm now I'm really happy for her because I know it was something that she had always, always wanted. I just I wanted her to know that she didn't need it. But I know that she had always wanted it and she was super happy with it. And I'm happy for her. But I also at that time thought it was kind of a final, you know, mm, like the new Naomi. Yeah. Is she still with that dude? Yeah, they're still together. I actually oh. ran into them in the airport. We were in the Sky Lounge. Uh, I was coming back from somewhere and they were coming back. And, you know, you always remember people in your peripherals, no matter if you see. And like she walked in or her and Matul walked in. And I was like, no fucking way. Because <laughs> they didn't see me at first. And they sat, you know, two tables away. And I went over and I, you know, I, I started by standing and talking to him, but I ended up sitting with him and talking, you know, especially now that I've been dating Natalie for a while. We're just good friends. But it was just funny, you know, how t- like life is crazy, how you can spend years with someone having your whole future planned out and then just be just strangers. Acquaint- yeah, strangers. It's nuts. See, that's why I love you because you're so sensitive. Like that is something that most women feel. And a lot of times, at least women think that men don't have that same feeling. And you're a guy in the sense, and you're, you're always like surrounded by like playas. And I always got the sense with you from the beginning, right? You're surrounded by like Shep. You used to go out, hook up with girls every night. And even when you were going out and hooking up, you never felt, even though you're, you were probably a playa. No, I, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you're not wrong. I was a three week guy, which I don't know if that sounds bad or good, but it was, I was always only with one person at a time, but we would have a good, a fun three weeks together. And a lot of times I was a rebound guy and it was like a girl would get out of a relationship. And my best friend at that time, Corey, still one of my best friends, but we lived together and they knew they could go out with us and have a good time and feel safe. And, you know, and no one was going to mess with them out and they didn't have to worry about their ex. And then you know, three weeks would go by and it was never, no one was ever misled into thinking it was anything more. And I think it's selfish to stay with someone over a month unless you can see yourself marrying them because, you know, just to see the possibility. Because if you, if you stay with someone more than a month and you know there's no chance of getting married, then you're doing it for selfish reasons. You're doing it because you're insecure and you're not sure if you're going to find another boyfriend or girlfriend. So I think it's a little messed up to lead someone on, I guess. I have really weird kind of, theories and that stuff. I don't think they're weird. I think they're nice, but it was always like a fun little fling. And I don't think anyone really was ever like never was angry or anything. It was just, it kind of worked. And it wasn't always, it was, I wasn't always hooking up with someone, but when I did hang out with someone, you know, it was, it was a special three weeks or whatnot. Does that sound bad? I just, no, No, it doesn't sound bad at all. I mean, you're single and you're, you know, attractive and you're running around and you're hooking up with girls. You were saying that you wouldn't lead women on for a, a long time. Well, like I wouldn't, they never thought that it w- we were going to date, you know, like it wasn't. Unless you were dating. Unless we were dating. And if I liked them, then I would stay with them. I wasn't against a relationship. It was yeah. just, I think it would have been selfish to lead someone on, which I know some people can say sounds like what other people do, but I just think we would have a really good time for those three weeks. And it wasn't like there was never, I was never grabbing my golf bag in the morning being like, Oh, I've got a tea time. You've got to go. You know, like it was just for three weeks, we kind of had a special thing, but I think the reason it didn't feel, you know, like it does with other people when you see it on TV is because it was genuine for those, you know, it was a genuine connection. If I was with someone, um, I remember Shep brought, he met this girl on Instagram when we went to my parents' house second season for that dinner scene where Whitney told them I was lying about yeah. graduating. And so this girl from Instagram showed up at my parents' house <laughs> for dinner. And the producers are like, what the hell, Shep? Like, can we explain this at all? And he's like, well, I just thought it'd be cool. He's like, I asked Craig's mom if my like girlfriend could come. And my parents are like, who is this girl? But So they kind of, they, you know, they cut around her as much as possible, but. Oh my God. 
Sorry to interrupt, guys. And you're going to be like, Amanda, you told us, leave me alone. So no, sorry. I'm here to tell you again about Woo. 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 I've told you guys on Instagram about Woo. I've told you guys on the podcast about Woo. So many of you shared your intimate Woo stories with me. Like, hey, Amanda, we made freaking babies with Woo. Honestly, for real. This is true story. So here I am again, just quick little reminder about Woo and their amazing sexual wellness, natural sexual wellness products like their love oil, which I am obsessed with. It's made out of coconut oil, beeswax, stevia, all natural, tastes like a freaking vanilla cupcake. And they have it in their uh, regular size and also in a smaller kind of to-go size from a little thotty bodies. Okay. And then it's called the quickies. And then you have the freshies, which are the natural towelettes, which again, you can put in your bag for before or after play, or even if you just smell after a day at the office or, you know, after a hot yoga class, which I don't take, but maybe you take hot yoga. Anyways, you guys should check out the Woo products and use my 20% off code, not skinny. And trust me, you'll come back for more. You're going to love it. You're going to be like, thank you, Amanda, for introducing me to it. So go to wooamoreplay.com slash discount slash not skinny for 20% off your order of Woo. Or you could just use not skinny at checkout and you'll get 20% off Woo More Play and start spicing it up. So how much sliding and slithering, which I can't even say that anymore because I listened to your Chris and Cavallari episode and you guys were talking about the sliding in the DMs and we'll get to that. But how how long was there between your breakup with my Naomi and, and Natalie? Like years. Two and a half, three years. So were there a lot of sliding and slithering in and out of DMs going on? I'm just, I don't know what it is about me, but I, I don't want to say I never took advantage of it. I just never used it. I didn't. I never met anyone on Instagram. I would meet people in person. And so at for a while, I was traveling around and I was staying out of Charleston really as much as I could. Um, so I was doing like LA and Miami and New York, which it's funny because there's a lot to my life that you don't get to see sometimes on TV. Remember when you became a fisherman in the Bahamas? Or <laughs> yeah, something? well, and then for two years, <laughs> I lived in the Bahamas, which... No, that's insane. You legit lived in the Bahamas and you were like fishing on a boat. Yeah, I would. Well, I would wake up and we'd go spear fishing and bar hop on the boat. That and was two years. It was on and off for two years. So I would come back, you know, for a little while in Charleston and then I would go back anytime I got a chance. Oh it was amazing. That's and wild. so Hurricane Dorian, that's where Hurricane Dorian sat for 28 hours. So that island that I spent two years on is just completely gone. Oh. But it was it was awesome. And so what I would do is I would in the Bahamas, I think I went six months before meeting someone because that's not why I was there. I was just there to, you know, cleanse my my body and soul and mind. And um and then, you know, I met someone for a little while down there too. And I just, yeah, they were just kind of short-lived fun things that I would meet people in other places. But Austin, you know, answers messages and sends messages. I just it was, I don't know if I was too shy or if I was naive or, or, you know. But you probably look through them and like there, there were probably a lot of just girls hitting you up. Yeah. I, I remember I, I was on Raya because it was just fun. It was the only dating I ha- app I had. And it was obviously for validation, you know, it felt good if someone liked your, you know, your profile. And I met up with Pro Surfer in New York one time and she was great and everything, but it's just different. It was the first time I had ever met like up with date. someone off an app. True. And there's just, there's something about in-person chemistry. You know, she was beautiful, but I, you know, it's not, you don't really have anything there. So we had a nice night as friends, you know, we hung out with my friends and then she went home and that was it. But it's just never been my style, I guess. And there was one Bravo person that you, or there more Bravo, there was, Summer House. Who was it? Jules. Yeah, Jules and I had had fun. She was great. <laughs> well, I mean, it was one of those things that we we met at the party, and then I stayed in the city for a couple of weeks, and we hung out, and then you know I had to, I was time to go back to Charleston, and that was it. It was kind of a yeah. I didn't see you ending approach. ending up with Jules. <laughs> she was a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah, I actually. 
I was in New York, I think after Jules or whatever. I actually ended up staying there for two months. I was dating this actress for a while and I lived in Nolita for like two months. And um, yeah, that, that always, somehow my, like, I don't, I somehow fly under the radar, I guess, which I will say sometimes you're like, I kind of thought it would be cool if other people knew what I was doing. You know, I mean, you do have those feelings, but that's when people like pay paparazzi and shit like that to randomly. <laughs> so you're not in on it, but that I feel like in California that happens, you know, I feel like you can a hundred percent tell too. Yeah. But they don't get called out on it. At least that I see, but like you can tell where you're like, no one is following you to the beach with a camera. Right <laughs> yeah. Now. yeah. 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 Like, do you follow any like celebrity gossip things? Um, I mean, yours and I have like, do you, but I heard on your podcast, you, you watch, you watch TV. Do you watch like Bravo and stuff? So uh, the only unscripted show I watch is 90 day fiance, which is my favorite show on television. Um, you are I've such a fun so boyfriend, Craig. Like I'm about <laughs> to leave my, like what 90 day fiance sewing, like all this shit. Okay. You know, we're see, that's what I, I thought too, you know, back then I wanted to be like, guys, I feel like it's kind of fun dating me, but so yeah, I watch a lot of scripted television. I will say that the actors and actresses that I've met, that are on like scripted television, they can't watch scripted television or movies because it stresses them out thinking about lines that they have to remember. So they watch unscripted television. And a lot of unscripted television people watch scripted television because when they watch unscripted, they know exactly what's going on behind the scenes when they're watching uh, something. So the reunion. Because, okay, this season, we're, we're going to say it the way it is, Craig. Your storyline this season was like via Austin a little bit. Like you were kind of like, you were like with Austin this season. It was like both of you, two peas in a pod. There was COVID, there was whatever, there was a lot going on. But, but that, that was a, that was a lot of it. No. Yeah. I mean, we had COVID really threw a wrench into stuff, obviously with everyone, but we had one of the most fun seasons planned. And that's why when you see me upset in those scenes and people are like, oh, he was a COVID denier and stuff. It's because I was pissed off because like this season was about to be awesome. Mm. And when we were told about it, you know, obviously I was like, are we sure? Like, can we not like all, you know, everyone go home right now because we had something called Carolina Cup, which is a huge horse race down here that we used to go to in college. We were going to film Carolina Cup. We we're going to film the bridge run, which is a 60,000 person run of like 10K over our bridge here. We have, I have River Dogs tickets, which is the Yankees minor league team here. So we were going to have dates, at the baseball stadium. It was just cool. Like the city had really embraced our, us being here. Not that they haven't already, but it just, it seemed like the rules were out the window. So then COVID happened and yeah, I mean, we were lucky to be able to continue filming when we were, but you know, it, it just kind of changed things. I actually enjoyed the season. It was very bingeable. Like, I'm not very good at binging. It usually takes me like forever. And it was a very like easy to watch, entertaining season. I mean, I, 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 I thought it was, I think it was new and fresh and different, which I'm happy that I know a lot of people had opinions, but I'm happy with what we did because it was exactly what was going on. Mm. So there was like, we just, when the cameras were able to come back, we just continued addressing everything that was happening in real time. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of shows did that. And I think it was like, I don't know why I said like, I just, I, I thought it was very authentic and organic and transparent of what was going on and, you know, as much as it could be. And I was proud of it. And then the reunion came <laughs> and Craig was pissed off. What do you say, first of all, to people that are like, he was wasted. I mean, I was pretty drunk. I was definitely more drunk than I should be on television. What happened but was... No, but no drugs, right? No, 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 no. I haven't... No, I haven't... I, I The last time I took Adderall, I think it was two years ago. So no, it was no drugs. It was, um, it was just drinking. And um, the night before, you know, Austin had done a good job of not watching this year, which, you know, good job for his mental state, essentially. But when it comes to the reunion, you need to know what happened. And so Shep, I flew in a little later and Shep was like, Craig, come down to Austin's room. 
I'm making him watch the last four episodes of the season because he was still in kind of denial about stuff. And so it ended with him and I on the floor of the hotel with our backs against the bed watching TV, just passing, you know, a bottle of bourbon back and forth. Just, you know, just being there for your buddy. And so then I kind of had the shampoo effect the next day. You know, I had some rosé and I asked, I also went like 45 days without drinking just as a challenge, like a month prior to that. And so my tolerance is not anything what it used to be. And so, um, but I liked, I liked you unleashed. Like, first of all, you brought the, the whole, you brought the savageness to the reunion, but does it, okay. Question that's random. When Andy kind of like, <laughs> when it comes to Andy and Andy's like, Craig, not now. Or like, I feel like I, I cringe like for you. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I feel like when Andy, I don't know like the word to use, but when Andy kind of like shushes you, isn't oh, that it, like, it hurts. Yeah, it hits, it hits different. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not used to Andy disciplining me. Yeah. And I knew that I was a little hot. Like I was, I was a little hot when Andy was telling me to relax and you definitely listen to him. Cause he, I mean, that's, he doesn't do that. You know, he's there to facilitate, you know, the conversation. And when he was like, Craig, you need to calm down a little bit. I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. I am I'm coming in way too hot. But then you didn't, but that, what I loved about it was that then you didn't really stop. <laughs> and so can you tell us a little bit, obviously you're an amazing friend to Austin and you definitely have a different relationship with him than with Shep. It's very supportive. It's very like equals and everything. But but you're but it almost seemed like you care more than him. Like he seemed like he took a chill pill and he was like mad chill. And and you were like hot for him. Yeah, I mean, I had my own own reasons. But also, you know, the reunion is a great place to air your grievances. And I've always been a truth teller. And I think I this year read a little bit too much on the internet about people's opinions and some not like basically like summaries of what was going on. And a lot of their opinions were very wrong. And I think that fueled to my fire of just wanting to... What, you're talking about Austin and Madison? No, just, just I had a lot going on. You know, I just, I just was ready to clear the air. I just had a lot of stuff to say and, you know, I said it and that's not really me because, well, I definitely speak the truth, but in that, you know, it's usually in a much calmer, subtle way. You know, I'm a positive person. I like to lift people up and I definitely don't like to be around all that negativity. I think that's where the frustration was, was that this you know, stuff had been going on for so long that I just had it. And I was like, it's very simple and cut and dry. And this is what's going on. And this is what should happen. And I'm sick of hearing about it. And I'm just going to lay it all out there now. And I'm not going to play this, you know, smoke and mirrors game anymore. And I'm pissed at Austin because he's not able to stick up for himself, which people rightfully so are like, yeah, this is on him. You know, for a lot of it for you know, for allowing this, to, you know, I, like I said, I left it all out on the stage and it's fine. And I've moved onwards and upwards. It's just, I guess, you know, I'm not going to sit back and hope someone else takes care of business. I had mm -hmm. stuff to say. I was provoked. That doesn't mean that what I said wasn't, you know, I didn't believe in. I just, I usually wouldn't, I'm usually calmer. But do you feel because you had like, you've been on the show longer that you have kind of like the balls in a way to do that. Whereas like Austin maybe doesn't feel as comfortable. No, I mean, yet. I think I've always been that way. I mean, if you think back to the dinner where I called Whitney out, you know, for yeah. the Catherine stuff, um, I've kind of just there, there gets to a point where you can only see stuff be perpetuated so much. And then, you know, you sit around and you see everyone sugarcoated or talk around it. And I'm not talking about anything in particular, I'm just saying it's happened a couple times in my history on, on the show. And, you know, like Shep didn't talk at all at this reunion. And everyone was like, oh, I love Shep this year. He just went swimming with his girlfriend the whole time. And it's like, cool. We would all love to do that. But that's not, <laughs> that's not real life. Like, <laughs> like, screw you, Shep. Now I have to say everything that you're not saying. But, you know, it, 
it's how I felt. I definitely have not been in, too embarrassed to watch myself in a in a long time. And I watched it and cringed, but I laughed. But you know, I I said what I what I felt. That's the thing. It's like such a long. It's like a thing after a thing because it started with obviously your Instagram live with Kristen Cavallari, Austin and, and Justin Anderson. And then he's great. By the way, Justin's one of my favorite people. Oh my God. He called me out one day and, but we're cool. We're cool now. We're cool. Um, <laughs> okay, good. No, that's the thing. People were like, he's calling you out, but he just said like, why is she saying this? But then we talked and he was like, no, I was just saying, so we're cool. That's why everyone always thinks if someone like says your name, it's in a bad way and it's not right. But he's really cool. Yeah, we get it. You guys connected. It's like, have sex already, all of you. It's like, I'm listening to the podcast. Every You guys are all obsessed with each other. You hung out. We get it. Yeah, I was, you know, I, I wish, it's funny because you obviously have to deal with your consequences, consequences of your actions sometimes. But I wish, you know, at least in the past, it's been, it only lasts a couple of days and then you let it go and everyone's just kind of had an understanding, like you just move on with stuff. And so, yes, this has been, it's continued to go. I've kind of thought, I don't know, I'd laugh about it because, yeah, we just hit it off and it was awesome. I just remember you in the chair, shirtless, like petting a dog. (laughs) The only thing my girlfriend said was she was like, why were you sucking on your necklace like that? That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And then I saw it and I was like, you are like 100% correct. Like that was just weird. Yeah, I mean, we were, but that was a day after the reunion or two days after the reunion, which is we filmed or we recorded with Kristen there. But what happened was, I mean, Austin was coming out of a huge, just emotional, you know, he was dealing with his own stuff. I had a ton of anxiety because I knew that, you know, I knew that I had quite the performance mm-hmm. at the... um at the, the reunion. And so it just kind of, and it was our first interview ever. And there's definitely something, a huge difference in being guest and host on a show. And so I think I'm an incredible guest. <laughs> no, I think I'm great at being asked questions and answering. And I ramble and I go to different stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a lot easier than asking those questions. Oh my God, a hundo. When I go on a podcast, I'm like, legs up like are (laughs) you kidding me but when you are doing it it's much different and i want to tell you guys how seriously craig takes everything that he does i listen to his podcast and you even said on there you're like i read reviews i'm trying to get better at things that we're not you know the best at yet so i'm 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 a stan i'm a craig stan as you can tell thank you well asking questions is tough like with you know, we did better with the second time around, but especially if you know the person or your friends or have some sort of a relationship, asking those hard ending questions is going to be um, tough. We actually have, we're doing um, Spencer Pratt's filming with us this week for the next episode, just out of complete, you know, randomness. Uh, we did his podcast one time. And so I'm going to practice my my question asking with... Um, mm. with oh my him. God. So, but, so you said on your podcast with Kristen that you're recording... That it was the, your second go around of recording. Yes. Yeah, so the second, so the one that you guys heard was recorded, you know, a week before you heard it. So it was a, it was a month after the first time that we recorded her. So why'd you nix the first one? Just because of what I was saying. We had just come off the reunion. Like we, it was. Oh too- God, that would have been so good. Well, it would have been, but we hadn't figured out how to be host yet. You know, so it was very, and we'll do a special episode maybe, you know, one day and release it, but it wasn't, this was better. It was, this was Mm -hmm. way better the second time around because it just was all over the place. So it was, it was good that we got a second, uh, second chance to do it. Also, you know, it was, we recorded it after the reunion had aired and everyone kind of had stuff they wanted to clear up. And so it was good to do it again, but Yes, I don't know how many podcasts are actually recorded twice. <laughs> so when when you that what I wanted to tell you that as a viewer, like as much as I love reality TV and I and I know that you film it and I know they're producers and I know I want to watch it at face value. I want to I don't want to think about that shit. And you guys did in this episode with Kristen kind of break the fourth wall and say you know, Kristen was very open. She was talking about, uh, you guys should listen. It was a good episode talking about how she did her show for, to promote her line. And, 
how, um, you know, you guys, she said that she likes you guys a lot for kind of saying what you just said about Chep, like that you can't just like go swimming in the pool. Like you have to do the work. Like, do you feel the pressure when filming of like, shit, I got to bring this. Like, I got to make it interesting. I want to make sure we're like renewed. Like, I want to make sure there is a little drums, drums. I just think you either get it or you don't, you know, you're either, you either add value to stuff because, mm. well, I no, I, I mean, it's, it's not that you're going to act any different than you would if the cameras weren't there. It's just about finding people who are kind of this ridiculous and open. And Kristen's a good example about, you know, she's going to tell you how she feels and she's going to tell you, you know, it might not be how everyone else sees something, but it's how she sees it. And she's not going to not say that because she's being filmed. So it's not about there. Actually, that's a huge difference that I've never thought about. There are people that'll do stuff that they wouldn't normally do because there's a camera around. And then there's people that will just do the exact same thing that they were going to do anyway. If the camera shows up. Oh, that's a good way to put it. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. I think I just kind of came like reached the relevant. You're like, I think I'm a genius. No, I I think that's really, there are people that the cameras turn on and they're going to act differently because of the cameras and put on the show. Or there are people that would not say something because the can't, but the people that make it work are people that would do the same shit in front of the camera and kind of not give a fuck. Right. And it was like, you know, whatever happened. Yeah. Basically would have happened if the cameras were there or not. And you're like, Oh shit, this person's crazy. And it's like, well, they just tell it how it is. And that's how they felt. So I think that's the, I think that's why, I think that's why Southern charm has done so well is that I think we have a really organic group of friends that there's no, you know, none of us ever picture ourselves in show business. We lived in Charleston, South Carolina. That's not a thing. Right. You know, we didn't, it's, that's, yeah. There's so just you not never show had a baby dream, like a baby, like a... I definitely did. If I, I mean, I was in law school, so I was not going to pursue that dream. But, you know, I have different, if I had nine lives, there's definitely, you know, different lives I would live. I, I'm a huge fanboy of special forces and intelligence. Those are like the books I read and the shows I watch. And I would have loved to do that life, but I'm too much of a scaredy cat in real life to do that. So I have utmost respect for that world. But another one would have been Hollywood. And, you know, I was in law school and I was happy to be in law school. I, I was excited to have an opportunity to make a lot of money doing something that I really liked. But you know, even now I'm not going to go to Hollywood to pursue anything. But like when Randall came and asked if Shep wanted me and him to be, if me and Shep wanted to be in his movie, we were like, yes, we would love to. Wait, what movie? Randall from Lala's Randall? Yeah, we, Shep and I are in one of his movies. Doing what? I'm a police officer and Bruce Willis throws me a shotgun. So Bruce Willis, like I like stop him in the street and he throws me a shotgun and as Craig, then, as Craig, or as an act, as like a no, no, no. character. I'm it's it's this movie reprisal, and I'm playing a police officer. So I got in full costume, and like, you know, it was awesome. I had a trailer and everything, and then Shep was an EMT, like ambulance driver, and him and Olivia Culpa had a scene together, and all of his stuff got cut because he ended up being kind of obnoxious that trip, and someone didn't. He wasn't, he wasn't on his best behavior. And so I, I'm pretty sure he got cut from it. But my line's still in the, um, in the movie. <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay. So you had this baby dream of entertainment that you never pursued. And then the show happened. That's so wild. Even though you're, uh, you finished law school and you're living in Charleston, which is like not where that usually happens. Right. And so, you know, looking back, uh, I wouldn't change anything. Um, you know, it's had its ups and downs, but I'm really happy to have the, you know, the path that I've had and experiences. Um, but yeah, I mean, I said no for about Cam Shep and I didn't know what we were going to do. It took several months for us to kind of make a decision because we didn't try out. We didn't ask for this. You know, we were just approached and, um, you know, we were all friends and hanging out and we were like, we're going to do this. And so what it came down to, cause I knew I was kind of risking my legal career, which was you know, it w- it was going in the right direction. 
And so it came down to, I woke up one morning and I was like, what would I regret more? Not doing it and wondering what if and being one of those people that are like, if the show took off, like, oh, I could have done that or they asked me to do it or just do it and deal with the repercussions later in life. And that was a no-brainer. So I knew I wanted to do it. And so I said, yes. And, um, you know, eventually had to face those consequences when, you know, entering the bar, I had my hearing and it went well. And I had to explain that, you know, I had some questions to answer and uh, it all worked out. It all worked out. So before we get to the million things that um, I, I want you to remind everyone that you're doing, Cam, that left me kind of like jaw dropped at the reunion that you guys don't really speak like you were the best of friends. So that's what I don't understand. I don't know why I said that. And like, it's not that I blacked out or anything. I just, I don't know where that came from or what I was talking about. I don't know if I was talking about when we were filming or what, but I I texted her because I read it somewhere and I was like, what did I say? And then I saw a clip and I was like, Cam and I still talk a lot. Obviously, you know, after everything that happened in the beginning of the filming, it, it slowed down a little bit, but for the last few months, her and I have been, you know, in the same communication that we were always in. We don't get to see each other as much. But yeah, I, so I don't know why I said that. And I texted her and I apologized. I was like, I can, I was like, I honestly have no idea what I was talking about, but it's my fault for being, in, you know, so intoxicated that I said something that I don't know what I was talking about. So I take full responsibility, but I was like, I am sorry. And she was like, I don't hold grudges, Craig. It's fine. And, you know, we love each other. So, yes, I don't know what I was saying. And it's not, it wasn't. Yeah, I was sad. I was like, you had the cutest friendship. Okay. So, Craig, you guys, Sewing Down South, is it exclusively with with HSN or is it, can you get it other places? Yeah. So that's just one of our lines. Um, We are with Thomasville and their stores. We have a line for them. We have our website, Sewing Down South, where we have about 12 different lines now. We have outdoor pillows, indoor and we're about to open our first store on King Street in Charleston. So that's that's super exciting. We're pumped. We found an amazing, huge storefront right on the main street where I used to, the college bars I used to go to and the restaurants I still go to are all right around there. So there's a ton of personal history. The law school is right there. And, you know, we'll have Austin's beer on tap for fun when you walk in the store and there will be a few experiences like you can embroider stuff yourself and I'll be there a lot. So That's I'm really awesome. excited about Is that. Is the dream to expand like brick and mortar and be in like other states as well? We, you know, I don't think so. Not right now. Product line wise, you know, that's my dream is to really expand into kitchen stuff. Mm. And, you know, we do have kitchen stuff now, but I want to go into an entire home decor space. But yeah, so we'll start with this store. It'll be kind of a tester store. You can only get certain things here. And then the law firm. Yeah, it's exciting. It was, I mean, it's nerve wracking kind of taking that step. But I have a great team. I have a couple partners and we opened the, uh, well, we took possession of the office, which is in Mount Pleasant by my house. And, you know, we're slow, we'll slowly unveil it. But I just went and, did a lot of the marketing campaign, which you're going to die when you see it. But why? Why are we going to die? Because it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a personal injury firm. But so people have, you know, preconceived notions about that. But that's what I worked in before. And you can really help people with it. And, you know, so people laugh. Money, money, money. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, (laughs) I'm Craig Conover from Conover Law Firm. You might not know, but 8.1 million people are hurt in auto accidents every year. And, you know, if you need someone you can trust, you can call me. Um, but it's, you know, we, I'm excited about it. I'm proud of it. I was good at it when I worked for my first firm, Anaspola Law Firm. And I think we're going to do a lot of good. And, you know, I spent a lot of money and time into law school. I, I was fortunate that my parents paid for my undergrad, but I paid for law school. And you can't own a law firm in South Carolina unless you're a member of the bar. So... Now I own a restaurant or uh, the, the <laughs> reason I said restaurant is because just because you own a restaurant doesn't mean that you make all of the meals. That's how I kind of describe it. So I'll be a big part of it. But of course, we'll have a very solid team of lawyers working for us. But You're on a roll, Craigie. 
You're proving them all wrong. Trying. It's it's funny because it it comes with some not it's not a complaint, but some anxiety where you start to do really well and we are doing well, and you start to get a little nervous because there's more room to to fall. Mm -hmm. I, I guess maybe I don't know if that's a natural feeling, but yeah. And Austin and I are about to go do. I can't say anything about it, but we're going to do a new project. So we leave tomorrow, actually. So you'll see a lot of me and Austin together. And uh, so there's good things happening. So we're just... Oh, yay. That's so exciting. Well, thank you for coming on. You know, I've I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you. So everybody, go listen to Pillows and Beer. Get pillows, get beer. Well, you should come on because Austin and I, like I said, we'll be together a lot for the next couple of weeks before the project even starts. And so you should come on and be a guest and we can pick your brain. It'll be fun. I've been a Craig stand from day one. Thank you for coming I, on. I have, it's long overdue. So thanks for having me, Amanda. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Not Skinny But Not Fat. Follow me on Instagram at Not Skinny But Not Fat. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Rate the podcast that you love so much on Apple Podcasts and write a little review. If you tell me you did, I'll give you a big virtual smoocheroo. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday.